and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name's Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture, and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Gosh, can you believe we're halfway through January already? It's mad how quickly the weeks go. I went back into the office for the first time this week, which was kind of wild. London is an odd place during the working week at the moment, sometimes full of actual zombies, so it was definitely an experience. Although this doesn't really have much to do with our monster this week, which is a creepy and modern one, but certainly one that most people know. It is the horrifying Slender Man from US folklore and cryptozoology, which is a thing, by the way. I wouldn't say this monster is actually a myth monster by definition, but it's definitely hitting up the creepy and probably made up criteria, so we're going to go straight in. Slenderman is generally described as a spooky entity, a thin humanoid figure who stands at least 7 foot going up to 15 foot tall, with a white featureless face and a black business style suit. In some tellings, he has a mouthful of sharp teeth, but usually he has his long black tendrils that emerge from his back to capture his prey. He tends to live in the woods, specifically close to children's playgrounds. The reason he hangs around these is so he can mostly hide away in the darks of the forests, concealing his gross black tentacles from the world and intimidating his victims from afar. The other is that children are his preferred victims, taking them off into the darkness. He doesn't also stick his nose up at adults though, so he will take them. Apparently he stalks these victims for months, even years to intimidate and drive the person to insanity. And though he cannot move very far when you look at him, it seems he can never get too far away from the victim, almost teleporting to wherever they run to. Once he catches them, they are strung up on the tallest tree available and impaled, with their internal organs removed and replaced in their hanging bodies. So why does it go after these special victims? What makes them so special? Well, in children, it's the fascination with him that gets his attention. Much like the skinwalkers from a few weeks ago, the more attention, the more likely he is to turn up. He would also be able to slowly gain the trust of children, who generally have very little fear, or at least can only fear once fear is manifested with danger. With adults, it manifests in nightmares and its stalking of the victim, causing what's known as slender sickness, which consists of vomiting, nosebleeds, hallucinations and paranoia. You would know if Slenderman is nearby if you have any electrical equipment on your person, as this will react very strangely when he's around. It's not often known if it eats its victims, by the way, but they are very often left in a bloody mess. But sometimes Slenderman would go to lengths such as burning down the house, work or school of the person that was taken, and then tracking down the family and friends and stalking them to death as well. This monster is most well known from American folklore and cryptozoology, but it has spread across the globe in a media sensation back in the noughties that continues to this day. There's not really any etymology to this one this week, as it is quite obvious. However, it does have a couple of other names such as the Tall Man, the Thin Man, the Pale One, Schlankwald and more affectionately, Slendy. 
But these aren't from different mythologies or anything along those lines, actually more differing interpretations of what he acts and looks like. Now, the history of Slenderman is a lot more interesting than just the basic description of what we've got here. The history of this monster, if we're going by the mythos, is that this comes from a fourth dimension, another world by all accounts. This explains its crazy powers and its weird looks, but how long has this monster been in our dimension? Well, according to stories, he's been around since the 1600s, stalking his way through Germany and making his rounds in children's cautionary tales and folk stories, before making it round to the US and Canada in the 1900s, and appearing in several photographs in the back of children's playgrounds. By the early 1990s, Slenderman had been filmed several times and followed stalking his prey, and by the 2010s, he was fully ingrained in US folklore and ghost stories. But really, and most importantly, and I hate to say it, this is all subject to extreme caution and suspect, because I'm now going to talk about the other side of this monster's history. This monster is especially interesting, as it's got more than one story, one that's written by people, and the other is written by people. But isn't that all folklore and mythos? Hold on to your boots now though, people, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of this monster's origin story in popular culture. Now back in the good old days, in 2009, there was a website called Creepypasta, Bearing in mind the internet, and especially forum-based internet, was still very early in development. I was 14, and I was still on MySpace and MSN, for goodness sake. Either way, it was an early internet site which people wrote their own ghost stories and conspiracy theory-based tales and published them as if they were a real thing. We will come back to Creepypasta later on when it comes up properly, but this kind of background is quite important if you don't know what it is. It does still exist now, by the way, so you can just go and find it if you fancy it. There is actually a specific date this creature was first ever mentioned, and that was June 10th, 2009, on a forum site called Something Awful, where there was a Photoshop competition held to create spooky and scary realistic images. In this forum, a user called Victor Surge, quote-unquote, published two images of a seemingly normal children's playground. Yes, the same images I mentioned earlier with a horrid and looming figure of a very tall and faceless man in the background of the shot, hiding amongst the trees. He gave the character his name, Slenderman. What happened next on this forum, back in the noughties, was truly amazing though. Other users built up a story around this character and these photoshopped images, creating three separate books around this. And from there, developed the mythos that I told you earlier of this daunting character that hides in the woods to impale children who follow it. What is amazing, though, is although this monster is laid out as a creature of pure fiction, the way that various authors and creators back in the day created a perfect and believable monster, which was so realistic and well-written that it merged into modern folklore. It's actually a modern, absolute amazing fantasy. Which... I imagine is how every beast we cover on this podcast started going around. It's so so interesting to actually remember and kind of be a part of it. Maybe in a couple hundred years they'll do the same podcast with even more stories of made-up monsters that we did in the current times. But going back to the actual monster, the story is so intense that children who grew up around that time, slightly younger than myself, have this ingrained in their own beliefs. I knew at least many children who were absolutely terrified of him after hearing rumours at school. 
just like the old-fashioned chainmail of like the girl who fell down a sewer and all that jazz, all of the ring stuff. And from there, it went to Creepypasta, which was an infamous site even now, full of fictional monsters and stories. From Slenderman to Dead Bart, from The Simpsons, Evil Squidward, I don't actually remember that one's name, but it did feature Squidward from Spongebob and it was really scary. I'm actually too scared to look it up from memory. And then there was Killer Jeff as well, which was very close to the Slenderman myth, all of which ring a very scary bell in my head from teenagedom. The popularity of Creepypasta brought Slenderman to the mainstream, putting together its massive history and backstory for new readers and bringing in their massive, massive audience of horror readers. And unfortunately, children who have got a morbid curiosity and a thrill-seeking dream. Since then, it is a fully believable character, and I can talk about this from both perspectives, from a cryptid and monster expert to the emerging folklore of the internet generation, empowered by their imaginations and the power of social media. This is realistically how it ended up on the podcast. It is a monster, but one that sits between the world of fiction and folklore. However, this did unfortunately turn to the worst kind of thing back in 2014, And this is not a true crime podcast, but this monster was truly brought to life when two 12-year-old girls from Wisconsin in the US believed so intensely in Slenderman, killing them or their family, that they took their best friend into the woods and stabbed her 19 times to appease Slenderman. Thank goodness the girl survived and the two perpetrators were arrested and are still in juvenile facilities to this day, with a focus on recovery with their mental health issues. Despite this, though, the girls believed that Slenderman protected them and that he was going to take them off to a place where they would be free and cared for. And since then, Slenderman's image has actually been linked as a symbol of the bullied and that Slenderman is actually there to support them. And you know what's also kind of wild, off topic here, is that Slenderman is not in the public domain. It's owned by someone and actually it's owned by that guy I mentioned earlier which is just absolutely bonkers to me. So actually, this folklore monster actually belongs to someone, which is so wild. Now onto the cultural significance. Art is a very tricky one this week, as this creature is so early into folklore legend that really, there's no official art, so to say. However, the joy in this monster is the collaborative nature of its story, which is told through digital art, video games, sculpting, the photoshopped images that the original ones came from. And you can find all of these online. You can just look these up on the Creepypasta page or pop it into Google, honestly. It's going to be all independent stuff through this week. So go and support your local creators in their artistic endeavours. In movies this week, we've only got two. But again, I think it's because it's quite early in the character's history to have so many movies about it. However, there's Slenderman from 2018 and Always Watching, a Marble Hornet story from 2015. Personally, I think after the stabbing in 2014, the 2015 film could have probably been delayed for a little while out of respect, but, you know, that's just my opinion. If you are more interested in Slenderman and the case of the three girls in the US, there is a brilliant documentary called Beware the Slenderman that came out in 2016 which went over the history of Slenderman and really goes deep into the stabbing case, the girl's history and the background all behind this. For TV, there's more, which is a bonus. We have shows such as our usual Supernatural, Lost Girl, Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Big Mouth and Community. 
In video games, this is where the really big players come in. There aren't many, but these ones are mostly where the popularity comes from. As after the creepypasta went viral, the game developers Parsec Productions created Slender the Eight Pages, where the character is chased by Slenderman through the woods whilst trying to collect warning notes from previous victims. It's completely free to play, and it still holds up to this day, so I recommend it if you're into horror games. The other ones include the sequel to this, which was called Slender the Arrival, and they also inspired the Enderman creature in Minecraft. These games are also a massive inspiration to the Five Nights at Freddy's game series, which is massively popular and very good if you enjoy animatronics and freaky jump scares. My book recommendation this week is The Slenderman Mysteries, An Internet Urban Legend Comes to Life by Nick Redfern, and that's specifically for Slendy information, but for all you creepypasta nerds, there's a really great, great book on this called The Creepypasta Collection, Modern Urban Legends You Can't Unread, and the sequel to that, which is The Creepypasta Collection, 20 Stories, No Sleep, by the author called Mr. Creepypasta, as they were all from various authors. Now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? I honestly think this is the coolest thing that could have happened through the internet during this period. It's so fascinating that one generation can completely believe a proven fictional being that we've seen the creation of a completely new myth monster within our lifetime, when most of the monsters we study are from centuries and centuries ago. So I think this one is really, really cool because of that. However, the other side to this is that we've seen the really dangerous way that these kind of folktales can be interpreted with the US criminal case. And actually, it's important that we always take these stories with a grain of salt. I don't imagine that the Greeks ever killed others and used their fear in a creature to justify it, but I'm not sure. I'm not centuries and centuries old. I still don't think it's a good idea to go attacking people due to Slenderman, though. Either way, it's a really fantastic one to cover, and one that I've actually been really excited to cover as well, as it's one that's ingrained in my head since I was a teenager. I was a nightmare for looking up creepypastas when I was younger and getting so scared. They'd keep me up all night, I'd drive my parents crazy. The worst ones were chain emails that would go around about Japanese schoolgirls falling into sewers and then killing the kids who pushed them in, parents being skinned by their dead children. They were a bit ridiculous, and to be honest, they don't really exist now. But they did work. They did terrify me to the point of nightmares or sleeplessness. I'd go into my dad's room, petrified out of my mind, white as a sheet, cry my eyes out at something that was very clearly in my imagination that I'd spooked myself out over. I was truly a nightmare child, especially my teenage self, for spooking myself out. It might be why I'm so into this kind of stuff now as an adult, but I don't know. I think this one has actually been my favourite monster so far to cover. It has such a brilliant story to it with both a fictional and folklore aspect. This monster really embodies the internet age of horror and jump scares with early YouTube and forums replacing telling ghost stories around the campfire. But next week, we're heading to home turf for me and looking into a British folklore spirit called the Kuri. Stumble into this monster and this ghostly figure will haunt your dreams until it drags you into its final resting place in the woods, so you can join it there. Stay on the beaten path next Thursday for this creature. But for now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you're listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next. 
and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content, as always, can be found at MythMonsters.co.uk. You can also find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you'd like to help me fund the podcast. You know, if you feel like it. But come join the fun, share this with your pals. They might love me as much as you do. And for now, stay spooky. And I'll see you later, babes.